0: alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY.
1: Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to personally invite you to be part of our next workshop coming up April 15th through the 17th in Texas. So call us today at 210-822-8201 or visit gatewaymen.com.
2: Your hosts for Pure Sex Radio are Jonathan Doherty and Stephen Cervantes. Jonathan is the director of Be Broken Ministries and founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop for Men. Stephen is the founder of the Hope Counseling Center. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. And now, please welcome Jonathan and Stephen on Pure Sex Radio. Good day radio
1: listeners. Welcome to this week's edition of the Pure Sex Radio Broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan. I'm here with Stephen. Stephen, how are you today?
0: Well, it's early in the morning, Jonathan. (laughs) You make me get up early to do these radio shows. So I'm here. That's good. That's right. right. Well,
1: we appreciate you being here for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, folks, uh, before we get started here, I just want to remind you as we do periodically that we are a listener-supported broadcast. This means that The program you're listening to is made possible by uh, listeners who decide to come alongside of us and support us in our ministry and become partners with us financially. Uh, This allows us to be able to not only produce the programs, but also to be able to distribute them on various radio stations throughout the country and then also even deliver our podcast uh, around the globe. So if you would like to come alongside and partner with us, in this work here at the radio program, please just go to puresexradio.com and click on the donate button. So, Stephen, what are we going to talk about this week?
0: Fun stuff. Always fun stuff. Insightful. Thinking about our thinking. Uh-oh. Is that too much thinking? I don't know. It's You
1: said it's early in the morning. so.
0: <laughs> but I, I assure you, I'm never not thinking about something and trying to figure out life and men. And happiness. And it seems like it would be really simple everything we need for life and godliness. That's it. We got mm-hmm. it. You know, in our spiritual truth, we've got that. But why doesn't it go down into the emotions? What happens? Because you've seen plenty of people that are spiritually right on target. They're quoting a verse, they're in church, they're dressed up, they're clean, they're talking right but but what's always sort of bugged me is that the transformation this whole setting free process only part of the people in the church get set free. I mean, we all get covered mm-hmm. by the sacrifice, right? And so that we are we're we're told we have a place prepared for us. Okay, good. We're good. You're in. Nobody doubts that. But but what's your first thought when I say, you know, that not everybody in the church is really set free very well?
1: Well, my first thought has to do with with um, you know how how they're experiencing life, you know, because I, I think what you said is absolutely right. We are in Christ; we're all covered, meaning, you know, He takes our sins and though they were scarlet, makes them white as snow. Mm. But uh, that doesn't mean that we all we all are then living in that experience of what He has made true about us. In other words, St- Stephen, if somebody. If you offend somebody and they come to you and they say I forgive you for that offense you are you are forgiven right but does that mean that you you immediately and automatically live in the experience of that forgiveness you can still carry your own shame right you could still right. continue to bear you could still continue to bear your guilt and you could still continue to live under that weight by your own decision right even he, though that person has said I forgive you for that offense
0: Okay. And I'll make sure I got this right. Somebody says, well, you forgive me. They come to you.
1: No, no, no. I'm saying this person forgives
0: you. You offended I messed, them. I missed. I did something wrong. And so you, you, that you, the other person comes to me and says, you forgive me. And so but in that sense- Then I still have the story, right? The You failure, can choose. What I'm saying is you
1: can choose at that moment what you're going to do with that forgiveness. Are you going to actually live in it? Yeah. And, and be free from the guilt of what you've done because that person is now I forgiving see. you. And I think yes. that's the same with Christ. Christ comes to us and says, you're forgiven. We might receive that, and then we might still say, but you know what? I still kind of want to wear this backpack of shame. I sort of want to wear this backpack of guilt. I want to wear the backpack of my, you know, all my experience. And I think that's what we're talking about here is that the experience of living free— is often a disconnect, especially in a Christian's mind, because they go...
0: Well, and I think you make a good point, because we're talking about spiritual freedom and emotional freedom. Mm -hmm. And I see those two as as operating almost on two different levels, side by side. Sure. But what I emotionally feel in my body and my emotions are unique. They're not my spirit, right? And spiritual truths are not my emotions.
1: And that's why it's confusing, right? Because it's all wrapped in the same person, right? You are an emotional being, you're a spiritual being, you're a physical being. And so, so many times, because I think there's such a closeness between the emotional and the spiritual, is that we don't recognize the distinction.
0: Right. And I hear, I was just listening to the radio again, and the ministers were talking about spiritual truths, and they were sort of trying to pound them in as emotional truths, or push them in, or something, so that... You know, it, 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 it's it, they're just different, and people will get something in their mind that that will that'll be spiritual. But what do you do with all these stories? And so that's all set up conversation mm. for this. This gentleman makes this statement. To he says, "For fifty years, the change that I've been looking for did not go deep inside of me. I wanted something, and and things came close, and they looked good, and I said things, and." But I didn't experience a deep change within my being, and so and so so I think what he's he's talking about is the emotional stuff that we carry around. We are given spiritual truths, but we carry emotional stuff around with us from our childhood, from our experiences from from things that happened to us, some words that were spoken of us the way people treated us, they impacted us, and we carry those and so this man is a godly man who, who knows the truth, and but still has this emotional turmoil within. And you know what's interesting to me as I say this, a lot of our programs are trying to help individuals clarify the emotional program. Because you go turn on the radio or go to church on Sunday, you can get all the spiritual, get your Bible and read it. You can get all the spiritual truth you want. But what happens that some people are totally free and some are not. Some are still in bondage. They love Jesus, but they're in sort of torment and they're trying to get to a place where they have more rest.
1: And what I hear in this guy's statement of saying, you know, for 50 years, I didn't, this change didn't go deep. And I think that's a person who begins on one plane of working on his issues, and it's the plane that's most obvious behavior, right? And then he works on that plane for so long, and yet he 's not seeing changes in what you 're talking about that deeper area of the emotion that he 's confused and and If this guy happens to be a christian then it's almost like he's he's even more confused because he 's going, but wait a second, i got all this great you know doctrine and spiritual theology in my head, and why does my heart feel the same in many ways as it did 30 years ago i'm not i'm not behaving the same way i've got i've grown intellectually but emotionally i'm still very stuck emotionally i feel very little movement at all and that, yeah, is that kind of what you're talking it, about that's it that's
0: good and i wrote a little less spiritual behavioral emotional right so that <clears throat> Spiritually, he's right on target. And behaviorally, he's doing all the right things. But the, if the emotional system is in turmoil, that's when we find a lot of times men go to acting out uh, because they need some relief from this turmoil that doesn't resolve itself.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you think of our—I like to think of our being in, the, in those terms, that we're emotional, physical, and spiritual, and think of it like three legs of a stool— what happens if you have a stool that that has only two legs? Will it will it stand up? No. Right. I mean if you're talking about these are just straight, you know, rods coming out of the stool, you have to have all three in in you know, in congruence. I mean they've got to be the same length, they've got to be the same um you know, width apart from each other. So it's that idea if you've got if you've got the spiritual and the physical, the behavioral down, but you have no emotional stability, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. then you're going to feel wobbly. Your, your, whole, it's gonna, your whole life will
0: topple. So, so, so he goes on in our conversation and he says, you know, I've been an adult a long time. And he said, why didn't I learn about some deep emotional needs? Why didn't I learn that 30 years ago? You know, I, I was an adult, I'd been an adult for a while, why didn't I learn this in the last 30 years? And so he's reflecting back on on the change process that he's gone through and he's going through and he's just asking questions like waking up, what in the heck, why did it take so long? I don't get this, what was going on? And I just captured that question and asked him if I could share that. I th- he said, sure, if it'll bless anybody else, share it but but i I've got some ideas, and I wanted to bounce them off you and maybe our listeners out there on why did it take so long to change and And I would like for you, if you don't mind, to use yourself, Jonathan, because you've been through this process, and um in and in the beginning, you have to do behavioral work, you have to go to groups, set your boundaries, you know protect your eyes, be on guard, you'll do all those. Behavioral things, but but I want to come up with a list and go through this little list on um, you know why does it why does change happen at one level meaning we can behaviorally do the right things but at a deeper level still not have rest in our soul any thoughts? Well, to be honest with you,
1: when I saw this on here, you know why didn't I learn this thirty years ago? I was really anticipating that you're gonna give us the the answer to that because I'm thinking, man, that's what I thought for a long time. No, not maybe thirty years, but I was like, why didn't I learn some of these things so long ago? And so really I'm just waiting for you to give us the answer, Steve. <laughs> so <laughs> That is
0: way too good. I thank you for seeing me with high regards like I have the answers. But But I'll- I think
1: I think my initial response would be, isn't it you know, you're you are older than I am, so you've got more experience in life in general. Um and so wouldn't you say that that life sort of is an unfolding over time? That's good. In yes. other words, you know, it, it would be the layers that I think we, we need to tap into, do we do we really think we have the emotional and mental constitution and and readiness when we're 20.
0: Yeah, I was thinking how emotionally some mature of the was I that, at 20. Yeah, That's so good so
1: when I I'm, I'm I I understand this guy's question and I think it's the heart cry of many people. When they finally have some of those aha moments or they make some breakthroughs, they they unfold deeper layers. Why didn't I learn this 30 years ago? And in in some ways and I don't want to get too far off on this, in some ways that 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 can be a shame statement. Yes. You know, of, but of it, beating themselves up. But yes. I think this was, this was more of an honest cry.
0: It was an aha. What in the world? Where have I been? Mm-hmm. And I love that when somebody has an aha moment because then they bring all their resources to bear and they put them to work on this project. And so so some of the ideas, I picked his brain. I said, well, help, help me understand. Why don't you think you did this 30 years ago? Mm-hmm. And his first answer was ignorance. Hmm. So what do you think that meant? Let's pull that apart a little bit. What? Well, ignorance just means you don't know.
1: And I think, you know, we've talked about this some before when we think about the guys that come to the Gateway Workshop and that kind of stuff. Is is that, you know, you don't know what you don't know.
0: Right. Yes. And
1: there's been many guys that honestly they had a true ignorance about many things regarding managing their sexuality, regarding what, what healthy sexuality looks like. just what emotional health looks like. Nobody, how many guys have we had that had no mm. kind of modeling of this in their lives? They didn't have any healthy male, you know, emotional health model in their life. And so there is just an ignorance. Who Who is showing this man how to be emotionally healthy?
0: That is great, what you just said. No emotional model or modeling. And so every listener out there, think about it. You're only as healthy as the modeling you've been around, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you got poor modeling in the beginning, emotional health, emotional modeling, role model, then, then you should probably assume you have some weakness. Unless you've gotten around later, healthy emotional people have been doing a lot of healthy emotional work. That's good. Number two, I asked him, well, why didn't you do this 30 years ago? Or why didn't you get this 30 years ago? And he said pride. Mm. What, what comes to mind there?:
1: Well, I think some, if you think about it, uh, when you're really trying to unpack the idea of emotional health, it requires a great deal of humility and sacrifice mm-hmm. in order to be emotionally healthy, Because when I think about emotional when I think about all areas of health, whether it be emotional, physical or spiritual, you know what I think of. I think in terms of what you need to be engaging and you, what you need to be avoiding. And I think sometimes what ends up happening is when you start talking about some of the emotional health and a person starts saying, guess what? You've got to avoid certain types, types of reactions. You've got to avoid certain types of relational e- encounters. And, yeah. and sometimes pride can say, but I don't want to. Because there's a, there's a part of this unhealthiness that at various moments— I feel in control, it feels fun, you know, and and then they kind of decide I want to do that and just sort of live with all the other negative consequences that might come out of whatever that is.
0: Mm-hmm. And so good. pride
1: can just say I still want to do it because I want to be in control and that is a fundamental human characteristic.
0: <laughs> and in humility and sacrifice and then I think honesty has to go with pride too. Mm-hmm. Because pride says don't look back, look forward and put on a good presentation. Mm. And so, number three, he says, I, I just can keep doing what I've been doing. Mm. It's been working. I'm successful. People like me. I keep going forward in life and in jobs and relationships. It's, it's fine. I can just keep going as I am.
1: Isn't it interesting that, that we think that, and I think many of us think that so often, uh, and yet we're still crying out, why is something still feel broken so it's kind of like, hey, I I'm successful. I'm I'm making it. I'm, you know, life is going on. And yet deep down we go, I'm I'm feeling empty. I'm not feeling fulfilled. I'm not feeling satisfied. And to me, what this this particular thing really screams out to me is that we have set our eyes on the wrong definition of success. So we think I got plenty of money in the bank account. I got a nice house. I've got a seemingly put together family. I've got all these particular things that look the way I have perceived what success should be. And yet I'm still feeling very empty and dissatisfied. And so it's, to me, it's like we're two degrees off from what, what our soul really needs in terms of quote unquote success, because we've gotten it attached onto the wrong things. Mm. On on the things that don't bring that kind of emotional fulfillment, that don't bring that kind of emotional health or or whole person health.
0: So that leads really well into number four, which is his statement, I had to protect myself and hide some things. But Mm -hmm. if you're going to be successful, you have to protect that image and then you have to hide some weakness. And so that's how you go through life, protecting and hiding and looking successful.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and and isn't that part and that plays into the one of the fundamental areas of emotional unhealth? Right, is the idea of deception, both both deception of others, but really even more importantly, self-deception. Because isn't he really deceiving himself? He's saying, "Hey, listen, if I just present myself as having it all together, then I'm really all together," and and he's really deceiving himself into saying, "If I just prop up." the right facade, mm-hmm. then it's that whole idea. And honestly, um, I've, I've always I've always hated this phrase, and I think it's led into this kind of a mentality a lot, the whole fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. And I think that gives the idea of saying, hey, prop up whatever image you want to be or you think you should be or you think that will be successful and just keep propping it up there and then maybe eventually you'll, you'll actually be that. And I learned from experience that the more you prop up that fake image, the more you polish it and realize you can hide a whole lot more things behind it.
0: So a better saying might be, hey, work through your fears. Right. Take exactly. on a challenge and work through your fears because you'll have fears. Don't, don't let them dominate, lead, destroy yeah. you. Yeah, that's good. So, so we're making a list of, of how this individual said he stayed stuck. And we're, we're going through these in detail so that you can examine yourself and see if you believe any of these things and if they contributed, contributed past tense or contribute to your staying stuck. Mm-hmm. So he said, I knew I had something troubling me, but I did not know how to fight it. I, I'm a fighter. I'm successful, but I did not know how to fight this issue.
1: And I'd be curious to know, when you
0: think about fighting,
1: what what do you think he meant when he said, I didn't know how to fight it? Because what was he fighting?
0: Well, his emotional turmoil or whatever's inside that keeps him stuck. That's what I'm thinking. He's saying, there's something troubling me inside, and I don't know how to fight against it and win, I think is what he's saying.
1: Okay. Because the way I initially talked thought about that, as I thought of when he talked about ignorance and pride and I can do it, I thought of it as him. I didn't know how to fight those things. I didn't know how to fight, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. You know, I didn't know how to fight against my pride. I didn't know how to fight these things that were maybe blocking Oh, yeah, and I'm sure they all, they
0: all cake and, and glom on to your issue, right? It's one big ball we're pulling apart here.
1: I just think it's interesting that he used the language, and I think this is you know this is probably- maybe typical of how a guy would see this issue is he used the word fight, you know
0: right, yes, <laughs> and, no, that's very male, that's good, and I
1: like that because you know in some ways, if you are going to become emotionally healthy, it is somewhat of a war. it's a battle like well, like I was saying before, there's things you need to engage, but there's also things you need to avoid. There are clear boundaries you need to to have, for instance, when we talk about how All of these areas interweave: physical, emotional, spiritual. Wouldn't you say, Stephen? That if 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 we're going to be emotionally healthy, we have to fight for rest in our body. That's right. Like if you're just if you are working twenty four seven and you are you are a workaholic and you are constantly you have this idea of success that says I got to do X Y and Z work wise. And so you're you're working 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 and your body is not getting your rest guess what you're likely not going to be developing any emotional health. And so part of the fighting that this guy is going to have to do is saying I got to fight to protect times of rest and relaxation and just let my body be at ease.
0: Well and and so now you blend together cuz even though we're having an emotional discussion the spiritual tools are right there alongside, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have to go to rest. Which is an emotional thing, but it's also a spiritual thing, right? Rest before your Father. Rest in His presence. Be still and rest. Use your spiritual tools to help you emotionally.
1: Yeah, and that's why when we're talking about this, you you start to—that's maybe part of what he was saying when I don't know how to fight this because sometimes we don't realize just how much all of it is interwoven. And it's not that we can, hey, let me set my physical over here for a while while I work on my emotional and then I'll get to my spiritual. No, it's kind of, (laughs) it's all interconnected. Now, what this guy is realizing is that the predominant issue that he needed to deal and sort of grow up, and I don't mean that in a derogatory or negative way, but the issue in his life that he needed to grow up was the emotional piece. He needed to sort of bring up, you know, he was, he had, maybe he had some pretty well-developed spiritual and physical legs to that stool, but he had a really short, you know, <laughs> emotional leg. And so the stool kept falling over. Oh, that's good. And so he needed to grow that emotional leg.
0: So we're going down our list still of how we stay stuck and how we overlean. And he said, really, I'm a strong person. I'm, I'm plenty strong. I'm strong enough to be successful, and um, I'm okay. Just using my strength. And we're talking about emotional issues, right? And he's talking about just I can just gut this out. It's mm-hmm. okay. I can gut it out through life. I'm strong.
1: And, and that's a person who is. That's a typical statement of somebody who is emotionally detached, in my in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because what that person is saying is, I don't need to. We don't need to talk about this. I don't need to share. I just
0: need to get up and do. Right. You know? Yes. And that lends itself well with the next one, which is I'm smarter. I'm a pretty smart guy. I learn really fast. So I'm strong and I'm smart. And so I know what success is about. I can use strength and, and brain. Those
1: are those are great, you know, head answers. Those are the guy that says I, I'm, I'm strong, I'm smart, I can just plow through this because of my ability And he's not recognizing the vulnerability that's necessary for emotional health. you got to be able to say, behind all this strength and smarts, there is, at times, many times, a scared little boy that doesn't know the answer, even though he's smart. He doesn't know the answer to relationship issues. He doesn't know the answer to his fear issues. He doesn't know the answer to his pride issues. But I'm smart. I'm strong. (laughs) And I I can do.
0: All right. Let me throw another one there. It was expected of me. Everybody expected me to be successful. Mm. So I I wear success, okay? Isn't that good enough? I'm successful.
1: Now this is one I can identify with because I think in some ways um I felt, now whether this was true or not, I felt the idea of sort of being knighted with the golden boy mm. label, you know. And so there were I think there were and out of that then i begin to place high expectations on myself in terms of what my image should be whether it's intellectual or athletic or whatever else it was and and that's a that's a heavy burden because then that remember earlier we talked about propping up that facade it becomes so much more difficult to pull that down when everybody else is applauding that facade and going wow you are so talented and so you know you can do all those things And so that's why I think it really takes a great deal of courage to step forward and say, all right, let me show you what's actually behind behind the mask.
0: Yeah, He said, what happened to me is that I figured out I had to go through life alone. Nobody's going to help me. Nobody was there for me. I had this vision and I was told to be successful. I had smarts. And so I just decided to do it alone. And... I've been a bit of a loner all my life. Mm.
1: You know, as soon as you said that, I thought, well, isn't, doesn't that create a, a spiral then? Because think about it. Here's a guy who he's, he's, you know, he might start recognizing on some level he's emotionally stunted. He might, maybe when he, when he tries to, maybe he's had times in his past where he's tried to reach out and, you know, and that's going to be awkward because he hasn't had any good modeling of what that looks like. And so he tries to connect it fails. And what does he say? I got to do this by myself.
0: Mm. And Stephen, how good
1: is how good is by ourselves when it, Bad comes, news. When it comes to emotional health, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: So let me do a little bit of a wrap up. And I want you also to move in that direction here, because he said, in the past, I was really good. I could be good sexually clean and, and not use any fantasy material, uh, I was good for maybe a year, and then I'd fall, and then I'd be a mess for a while, and then I'd commit, I'm going to gut this thing out and make this work. But he said, when I got tired and I got self-absorbed and I was lonely and protective, then crash and burn, I'd go. And he said, I've started working in a group, and I've told my story for the first time, the whole story, and I'm beginning to heal, make changes.
1: And I would say that's a good place to to start uh, the healing process and a good place to start with emotional health is get into a context maybe with a counselor or a pastor or a close friend that you can share the story uh, and that's a and and of course we're here to help with that process we value story and we can help you in that we are unfortunately out of time but if you want to reach out to us please just contact us at pure dot or one eight hundred forty nine purity And we look forward to having you back here again next week on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast.
2: Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.